Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app right now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. All right, let's do this. What is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another edition of the future award-winning Talk Buffalo podcast. I am your host, Patrick Moran, of course, Talk Buffalo podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. Thank you very, very much as always for locking in. Uh, coming up today in just a minute or two, I'm going to have my buddy, recurring guest, good friend of mine, Joe from Queens. He's going to join the podcast. Joe's a regular, and uh, we're going to talk some Bills. We're going to talk some Sabres. Got a whole bunch of takes today, man. It's going to be a fun episode. Always a good time when Joe's on. I never know what the hell he's going to say. I never know when we're going to agree. I never know when we're going to end up getting into a fight on air. All of the above has happened, so stay tuned because I'm taping this before I even talk to him. And I have no idea how that's going to play out. Real quick, though, a couple of programming notes, and then I'm going to get right into my chat with Joe. If you haven't noticed, hopefully you have. If you're a regular listener to the show, you're listening to this on Wednesday, and you're probably like, what the hell, Pat? What's going on, man? Why is this on Wednesday and not Tuesday? Typically, we do Tuesday, Friday episodes, and then we have some bonus episodes scattered throughout, including some on Wednesday. So it's not like a total shock if you're listening to this on Wednesday. But we did not have a show on Tuesday, um, I ran into a couple things. I usually tape something on Monday night, but I just didn't have the opportunity. So decided to wait, tape this on Tuesday, drop it on Wednesday. So sorry. And then uh, a couple other things too. So on Friday, as always, I got Joe Yurden. We're going to do our casual Friday. That's always fun. I love Joe. This week, I'll tell you, and we do a starting five draft and it's becoming a lot of fun to do. In fact, on Twitter, uh, maybe even more than, than our Bills or Sabres talk, our, our polls that we put up after we do our starting five draft. That's been a really good time. This week, we're going to do TV talk show host. That'll be a lot of fun. So, But anyway, that's normal Friday. But next week on Tuesday, back to our normal Tuesday episode, I'm going to have Jerry Sullivan on the show. And I'll tell you, I have not had Jerry since episode like 50. Been a long time, a couple years since I've had Jerry Sullivan on the podcast. Of course, Jerry never minces any words. Never has, never will. I'll have him on. We'll talk about what he's been up to. We'll go over some Buffalo Bills are playing the Colts. I expect that to be a tough game. Um, Jerry will have plenty of takes on that. So that's next Tuesday. And then the next day on Wednesday, I'm actually going to do casual Wednesday with Joe Yurden instead of casual Friday. The reason being is this. Thanksgiving's next Thursday, and I know how it works, man. Friday, your ass is going to be waking up. You're either going to be Christmas shopping, Black Friday, you're going to be hungover, you're going to be sleeping, and you're pretty much going to be doing everything except your normal routine. So not going to bother dropping the podcast next Friday. I talked to Joe. We're going to move it up to next Wednesday. So next Wednesday, is going to be casual Wednesday with Joe Yurden. And then one other thing, and this is quite a ways away, but I'm excited about this. I want to let you guys know now so maybe you can start planning your night. Friday night, December 17th, not quite sure on the time quite yet, but Maparino 
and Ryan Talbot from Shout Buffalo Football Podcast. They're going to be doing a live show at Sunny Reds in Lackawanna. Now, I'm going to be part of that show. Very excited about that because, and for no, first of all, I like Ryan and I like Matt. But besides that, Sunny Reds, to me, maybe, arguably, the most underrated place to get wings in all of Western New York. I absolutely love that place. It's a hidden treasure to me. Anyway, Matt and Ryan are doing a show, so I'll be on with them. And also, my man Joe Marino from Lockdown Bills. I've never met Joe. He doesn't live in Buffalo. He's coming up to Buffalo from Carolina. They're playing the Panthers that weekend. So Joe's going to be in the house as well. So it's going to be me, Joe Marino, Matt Perino, Ryan Talbot, live show, Sunny Reds, Lackawanna, Friday, December 17th. That's going to be a lot of fun. And again, I'll give you guys some more details as that gets closer. But anyway, that's down the road. All that stuff's down the road. Let's just jump right into today's episode again. One of my favorite people to talk to because I quite often disagree and we have no problem getting into it during a conversation when we don't agree. My man, Joe from Queens. Someone's getting married soon. His name is Joe from Queens. What's going on, man? Why you got to blow up my spot like that? Maybe I want to keep my personal life, my personal life, dude. It's not. Dude, you've talked about it on this podcast many times already. Uh, I know. I'm kidding. Yes. <laughs> props, but, by the way, props to uh, your, your very beautiful bride-to-be. Because hey, you keep, you, I'm I'm looking, I can say she's beautiful. No, go I'll, ahead. Yeah, I'm looking you. right now at you taping this. I mean, only the audio Not version her. gets released in the public, but you're looking kind of ugly right now, man. Bro, you're the one with your look at you with your swag. What are, you know? That's gonna be like this, the next frontiers. We got you gotta you're gonna have to one day buckle to the pressure, do a video like a video pod. You, that's what the kids are doing now. I mean, you got to see Matt Perino's quaff hair, Ryan Talbot's bald head, like he looks like Carl Anderson, and then like who else you got to see? I mean, I'm sure you see Nate Geary and Bruce exclusives like silhouette or whatever. Like mm-hmm. you, you're gonna have to get there one day, man. And I know you're, I know you're, you're image conscious. You, you're scared. That your wife won't let you do that because she knows that all the women in Lackawanna are gonna come flying at you with their three teeth and being like, "I love you, Pat. Come on with me if you want to live." <laughs> if they see you, but you, you're gonna have to do a video soon, man. I mean, that's the thing the kids are doing. It's interact. Everything's always evolving, bro. You know that. It used to be blogs back in the day. Now it's podcasts, but now it's video podcasts. I mean. So, look, Marshawn Lynch, this is where I wanted to start. It's actually got nothing to do with last week's game, which I mean, we'll talk about that a little bit. It's kind of getting to the point midweek now where it's almost more about the big picture in the Colts than last week's game against the Jets. But I found this really interesting today as we're taping this on Tuesday night. Uh, the Bills announced Marshawn Lynch is returning to Buffalo on Sunday. Really? And, yeah, and he's going to lead the charge. Like, Oh. What do you, yeah, so, I'll, so I'm excited about that. No one really identifies, except for people in Buffalo, of course. They've always... For the most part, people have been a Marshawn Lynch fan. I think maybe even more so after he left. The oh, team. way more after he left. Right. Like, so, so, like, I, I think it's pretty cool that he's coming back and he's going to be. A, I, I'm pretty sure he's leading the charge, man. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think they do the lead the charge thing anymore, where they like wave the flag. I think it's like he gets on the microphone and he like yeah. pumps the flag. They changed it up, but uh, I'm going to that game. That's so this weekend coming up, and not to this this way the conversation, but it's my bachelor party weekend. So part of it is I'm going to the Bills Colts game. That's a part of it. That's don't know cool. what else. Don't know what else is involved. There be there will be no debauchery though, from what I understand. I kind of 
none of that anyways. But uh, I'm excited to see him. But, yeah, I love Lynch. I I could go on a rant very easily right now about how, how Lynch got got screwed out over here in Buffalo. Because I, w- I, I may have done this in the past, and I felt like every like – there was just a lot of bullshit, like, like how he left here. And I think a lo- there were a lot of people, like, I'm on the media a lot. I think I've been a little bit more nicer over the last couple of years, maybe. A little that, bit. A little not, bit. Not, not, not much, much, not much but nicer. At that point, like, there were guys just out to get him that could that were acting like he was like, oh, he's one more, like, suspension away from being banned for life. And I'm like, dude, he, he got arrested for having, like, weed in his car with an uh, – with a gun without a gun permit. Like, he didn't fucking, like, kill, like, beat up someone. Like, and they, they all hated him because he didn't talk to the media. We all know if you're not nice to the media, they're going to, and especially in Buffalo and a lot of other places, but especially there, they're going to be dicks about it. And I, there were so many double standard stories. I'll always remember his last year here when there was OTAs and, like, it was Chan Gailey was taking over and he didn't go to voluntary. Voluntary, mind you. OTAs and neither did Aaron Schobel. And this was a time when the Bills were switching defenses and going from a, a 4-3 to a 3-4. And Schobel was supposed to play outside linebacker. And no one knew if he was retiring or not. And it was like, dude, if you want to like get want to yell about someone not being at OTAs, it should have been Aaron Schobel. Like you're coming, you haven't committed if you're gonna come pl- come play. You're gonna learn a completely different position, but no one gave a shit about that. But Marshawn Lynch, oh, he's gotta get here now and learn how to Learn the learn like the whole like the offensive playbook, and I'm like, what are you guys talking about? It's OTAs. Like who? Like you could just tell there were a lot of people who were like out to get him, especially in the media. the the bouncer the the bar situation downtown wasn't like because he was getting shit because he brought he brought alcohol to like bars like Soho, and I'm, I'm I hope Soho isn't a sponsor or future sponsor of this podcast, but they're those people who used to own that place were assholes. And I have no qualms on anyone bringing their own alcohol into that place because they did some hazy, shady shit. But, like, we had a national treather, treasure in Marshawn Lynch. Like, he was awesome post-Bill's career. He was fun. He would have been, a, a like, a star here. Like, more or less, like, if he kept here. But, unfortunately, he, he was on some horrible teams here that had some bad run blocking, bad offenses. And, like, I remember there was, like, I remember your boy Sully, like, hated him, too, was trying to be, like, oh, Fred Jackson's better than he is. And I'm, like, based off what, bro? Like, because Marshawn Lynch is, like, getting crushed five yards behind the line of scrimmage because Mike Gandy can't fucking block on the right side. Sorry, I'm swearing. But, like, like there was just a very bad double standard. And I, I always I, – it's one of my triggers. Like, whenever I see Marshawn Lynch on a national – platform like you know when he was dropping f-bombs uh on the on the manning cast and everyone was laughing hysterically i'm i tweeted out like this is just another reminder of how horrible it was we had a national treasure and we blew it because media people didn't like him some cops didn't like him and they wanted him out of here and it was a joke and like it's it sucks sorry i just commandeer that whole segment but like i'm glad he's coming back I do feel like there that he was like I'm happy that they kind of amended fences kind of in a way. He's a fun player to root for, and I'm I'm sure when he gets there there'll be some media curmudgeons who did cover him there. And they'll be like, why is he here? We should be honoring Fred Jackson or Ryan Fitzpatrick or some bullshit. But uh, I'm glad he's coming back. Anyways, hi. I had a uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I had a 
pretty bad personal experience with, with Marshawn Lynch one time at the Galleria Mall. I, I watch him with my own eyes be a dick to a fan. That said, look, they're all dicks at, at some point. I like Marshawn Lynch. He was good. He was, first of all, he was a great football player. And I agree with everything you said football wise. I don't know about the Soho stuff or, or the Cobb stuff. And I really, frankly, you know, I don't care. I agree. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm sure you're right. I'm just saying, eh, then don't really matter to me. I, I do think uh, your general point is right. I absolutely think he was treated uh, unfairly. There was, was just a double standard. Un- unfairly. But, you know, look, man, again, my own personal experience with him aside at, at a mall where, again, he was kind of a, I watched him be a dick to a couple people. But, again, that said, maybe he was just having a bad day. Things happen. Um you know, the the, the the most jovial person could have a bad day. So that, it's unfair to say, well, Marshawn Lynch is an asshole because I saw him once for 30 seconds be a dick to somebody. And the point but, uh, is, and the point is, real Pat, Pat, it's like he's a Hall of Famer. He's probably going to go in the Hall of Fame. And they traded him for, I don't even know who it ended up being, like Chris Harrison. I don't remember. It was. Yeah, it was, was some garbage. Was it, was a, it was a horrible trade. And they, the whole running back. You know, that's for another day. One thing, and you can leave this in and leave this out, because I remember this, Pat, and you could share this story if you want or not. The Marshawn Lynch, Thurman Thomas thing, which yeah. I know you, you were kind of the one that like spearheaded that a little bit. I was. I'm, like, tell that story. Give it, it's a little, I, I find it an interesting story. You could take I it up. I, I don't remember because it was, I don't remember the, the intimate details of it because it was quite a while ago, but all I could tell you for sure, what I do remember and I was the one who reported about. It. I had a photograph or something. Yes, you had a photograph Ma- of a le- of a, a Marshawn Ma- Ma- Lynch. Had a piece. Go ahead. He, sh- he shunned. He shunned Thurman. I, I know that. I-, I don't remember the details. It had something to do with a photograph. Like maybe Thurman had a quote. Honestly, I- I'm reaching for details that I don't remember. I can, I remember it because I wanted you to do this. Because go ahead, go ahead. I'm, and by the way, I'm not going to edit this shit out. Okay. Yeah. You you Thurman basically said something that was like a criticism of Lynch. And Lynch took that quote and he blew it up and, and hung it on his locker. And you got the photo of that somehow. I don't know what the hell you were doing at the locker room, but like you were covering it there maybe for one of your platforms. And you took the photo of that yep. to say, and you basically said like, look what happened. Like Lynch obviously has a little bit of an issue with, Thur- with, with Thurman. Cause he hung the quote up. I don't remember what the quote was or what Thurman said, like, you know, in terms of like, that sort of stuff. And I, I do think they squashed it a little bit years later. Cause I do remember them taking a photo. Lynch was in Buffalo like five years ago or like three or four. It may have been when he retired, like his first retirement. And he was there and he took a photo with Fred and, and Thurman. So, but like, it was, it might've been one of those, like I'm, you, I'm using this as motivation kind of. Well, thing beyond the quote, it was, it was more than that. I don't, again, I can't tell you exactly what it was. I don't remember the quote, but I also know Marshawn Lynch, Sean Thurman Thomas, and he might have again, I, look. I don't want to. I don't want to speculate on details, but it might have been deeper than Thurman too. Let's just put it that way. It might yeah, have went he, beyond. I, I think might have went beyond Thurman. But anyway, yeah, completely water under the bridge, like you said. Um, I look. I like Marshawn. Now he might have been back in Buffalo a handful of years ago, but to my knowledge, this is the first time the team has acknowledged him, like in an official yeah. capacity, since he left Buffalo. I think. Yeah, and that's and that's. All, I, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm kind of. I'm not. I don't want to say I'm shocked by it, but like. I'm a little surprised, but like, great. I'm, like I said, I liked Lynch here. He was fun. I mean, I fell in love with him when he did the whole Dave and Buster's thing for ESPN. He was such a great runner, and like, he, he was. He just, followed Willis McGahee, and he wanted 
he embraced Buffalo for what yeah. it was as opposed to Willis McGahee, who pretty much, you know, said it was boring. Look, I think Marshawn, to wrap him up, I think he was one of the more underappreciated Bills, maybe in history, in franchise history. Yeah, I mean. Th- th- it just sucks because, dude, dude he was. He was on some really, like you said it, man. He was on some bad fucking teams, man. They, you, you said it in the start of this. Like, he was m- way more liked now than then. And that's that's affirmative, especially with fans. I think there was, like, a little bit of that, like, I remember listening to WGR, and there would be callers calling him out because he had dreads and all this racist bullshit. Like, you know, oh, he's, like, doing this, and he ran over a chick on Chippo. Like, it was all this racial, like, stuff that was terrible. And I'm like, I'm like, this, and, like, I do, and they. I think there were people who really wanted to give the give the the torch to Fred because Fred was like the underdog like guy, and like he was always he was Mister Quote Machine. And again, that goes back to like the media. Marshawn did not want to talk here, and like everyone complained about it, especially the print guys. I mean, Paul Hamilton did too, and they were and it was like there was disdain. Like it was it was worse than like Sam Reinhart, Jack Eichel, like press against them, like. It was bad. And then I think people like kind of f- follow that. And the Bills obviously weren't that successful either. But then once he went to Seattle and he killed it in Seattle. And I never read anything. Like, I'm not going to pretend I followed the Seahawks, but like, I never read anything about Seahawks reporters having issues with him or like writing columns that like, he needs to get sent out of here. And he I, he didn't talk then, but I, I think they didn't care. And that's, that's where sometimes I get really annoyed with the media. It's like, you're supposed to be objective. So if this guy doesn't tell, talk to you, like you just got to ignore it and go, well, he's doing this on the field. And instead you could tell it bleeded into how into it. They were like, this guy doesn't want to talk to us. So fuck him. We're going to right. We're going to make like him not going to OTAs, like a national travesty of like the voluntary because it's him. But Aaron Schobel, who gives a shit if he's not, has to learn a new position. He's fine. My so anyway. own, you know, my only problem with your on-field take about Marshawn Lynch is, I know what you're saying about Fred Jackson. I get it. I mean, it's not Fred's fault. He was you know, a D3 player, an underdog, undrafted guy. It wasn't really just Fred Jackson, though. What led to Marshawn, and I do remember this, getting shown the door was, you know, I, I think, again, I think Marshawn Lynch was one of the more underappreciated players in franchise history. Conversely, C.J. Spiller being drafted in the top 10 in, I think it was 2000 and what, what it was the year that March 2000, 2009, 2009, 2010. No, it was 2010. Oh, you're right. You're right. He was the ninth overall pick of the draft when you already had Marshawn Lynch. He that was, was a back to back already Just had two pick. straight. Yeah. Two straight thousand yard seasons. And you had Fred Jackson and you go and you draft CJ Spiller when there were so many. Poor Ralph Wilson, baby. Went. Ralph Wilson, man. He just, he saw, he remembers OJ from back in the day. And he was always like, we got to get that big ass running back or whatever. That's a Southern accent. But like they were always crazy about getting running backs high and they would get running backs high when they already had running backs high. It was the most peculiar, weirdest thing ever. Um, I I was was happy at the time. What a what a horrible and no offense to CJ Spiller. And again, it's not his fault where he got drafted. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I'm looking at the list right now. Brandon, Earl Thomas, JPP, Marquise Ponce. These are all guys who were drafted like within five or six picks who could have helped this franchise. Yeah. But- I mean, and you can even go back to like, you like going down rabbit holes over here, but like even the Willis McGahee thing, like I know like he didn't like Buffalo. Like the he had some disparaging comments about the nightlife. I didn't really care as a fan. I was like, I get it, dude. Buffalo's not like this, this Mecca of clubs and 
like going out. Like Toronto's totally different. But like <laughs> they, if they had just decided, hey, let's extend let's extend Willis McGee, who had a very good career in Baltimore after the fact. Great. Then that, then then that 2007 first round pick, you don't get Lynch. You would then trade. You would then get someone else. I don't know who was there on the at draft board, but they always they would they would just draft running backs high all the time from 2000 like you know four three to like 20. I think what it was three running backs they drafted in the first round between 2003 and 2009. It was McGahee, Lynch, and Spiller. Who the fuck does that? That, that that's why you're in the drought like for those 18 years. Right, I I agree, man. But anyway, all right. So we both agree it's good that Marshawn is going to be yes, back. Yes, go Lynch, beast mode, baby. Beast yeah, he'll have some Bills gear on. I'm looking for. I'm sure he'll have a a good quarter too. And again, he was also very young when he was in Buffalo, and I'm sure he's grown up through the years. You know, I remember Mike Tyson, a younger Mike Tyson. I would have been horrified to interview. Now he's an engaging person to talk to. Fucking when he was young, I would have been scared out of my mind to have an interview with Mike Tyson because he looked like he could snap. At any second. Sometimes guys just, you know, they they, they mature, man. I, I like Marshana. I'm glad he's back. I think it's a good PR move. Just a good look for the Bills. If he's listening Bills, to this, I'm tailgating. Come find me, bro. I'll get he, you some Hennessy. He don't want to hang out with you. He would want to hang out with me. Why not? <laughs> One other thing, too, involving a former Buffalo Bill, although this is not a player, this is a coach. I don't even know if you heard about this, but Rex Ryan on ESPN blasted uh, current New York Jets coach Robert Sala over the weekend. And, Based, or based on, uh, you know, the Bills beating the shit out of the Jets and basically just talked about him not being really good, you know, and that he resided over some terrible teams in Frisco. And uh, the coach from the Jets clapped back at him a little bit, says, you know where you can find me. See this? I get it. I, I don't like Rex Ryan. I, I'm going to put that out there right now. I think two things. Right now, as an analyst, I don't like him. He's, uh, I think he says things for effect, like almost kind of like a, Sure. Like a Skip Bayless or a Stephen A. Smith to some extent. I think he was pretty overrated as a coach. I think he was uh, the beneficiary of, of being a defensive coordinator on the Baltimore Ravens during a time where they just, Ozzie Newsom just took pick after pick after pick and drafted and built an amazing defense. So I think he was overrated as a coach. I thought he sucked with the Jets. I got lucky one year. And, uh, I don't think much of him as a coach. I don't like him as an ESPN personality. And quite frankly, Joe, I'm going to tell you, man, when you look at the history of the Buffalo Bills, the history of this organization, to me, I think Rex Ryan might be the worst coach that's ever been here. Now, there's bums that have been here. Dick Teron, you know, Chan Gailey, guys who should have never been head coach, you know, to begin with, going back even to the 80s. But Rex Ryan, I'll never forget this, man. It was 2015. I'm like, this has got to be one of the most talented rosters I've ever seen on the Bills. And they, they didn't even have a winning record. They finished 8-8. Eight and eight. That was such a good team in 2015, man. They had Shady. They had uh, Robert Woods. They had Watkins. They had Percy Harvin on offense. Charles Clay. And then on defense, they were dominant the year before. Uh, why is it escaping me? I don't even have notes in front of me, by the way. The, the defensive coordinator who left and he went and became Jim a Jim Schwartz. Coach, Jim Schwartz. He was the defensive coordinator. The Bills' defense was utterly dominant. Rex Ryan gets here, a big defensive guy, talks a lot of shit at his opening press conference, and that Bills' defense fucking sucked that year. And they had Marcel Darius, who played great the year before, Hughes. They had uh, Nigel Branham, Mario Williams, of course. There are a lot of good, talented players on that team. Darby was really good the year before that. And that defense went into the tank almost immediately. They went from 
I'm looking it up right now. They were fourth in the NFL in defense. And then the next year under Rex Ryan, they fell to 19th because he, he switched everything around. I hate Rex Ryan as a coach, and I don't really like him that much as a personality either. Overrated as fuck. How about that? I mean, you basically took every – I mean, I could just reiterate what you just said. <laughs> don't bother. I mean, I, I kind of – I agree with you. Do I think he's the worst coach? <laughs> Sorry, I have a cough. I'm just going to – Most overrated coach? I mean, maybe I guess the definition might be uh, – open for interpretation if he's the worst coach. I certainly think he's the most overrated coach. I think he did the worst coaching job of any Bills coach in franchise history because, again, those were good teams. There were a lot of drought teams like the Dick Duran teams, the 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 Mike Malarkey teams, the Chan Gailey teams, the Doug, well, Doug Marone to a lesser extent. Those teams weren't just not that good. This 2015-2016 Buffalo Bills, there's no way they should have made the playoffs, which, by the way, you want some evidence, Sean McDermott comes here in 2017 and through Hooker Crook, you know, a lot of things fell into place. The Bills made the playoffs first year under McDermott. As soon as Rex Ryan leaves the very next year, just absolutely horrible overrated coach. And I think he's a shitty person and he likes to eat feet. <laughs> he likes to eat feet. Um, yes. So I would just say, I think he, no coach wasted the most talent than, than him in, in, in the Bills history without question. There, as you said, there was a ton of, of talent. He blew it. He made that defense mediocre. I've said that I, he – I'm not going to lie, Pat, when I say this. He ultimately – and this might be a good thing for people to listen to me. He ultimately drove me out of blogging because when he came to Buffalo in 2015, <laughs> I, 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 I completely bought in. Like the hype machine – it was like the first time I can remember that the guy that everyone, like a lot of teams wanted him, he picked here. And maybe I got into that whole, like, it was a little bit of that, and I think a lot of fans fell into this trap where it was like, we got the guy who want, who everyone wanted, and he's coming here. Because remember, Atlanta wanted him, but he came here. Like, great, awesome. And then all that hope came into, it came into that whole premonition of we're going to do this, we're going to do this, right? And then all of a sudden it was like, holy shit, this is a disaster. And I, I kind of remember that year being about, like, the defense faltering and people trying to blame Mario Williams because that was when Mario kind of went off a cliff. Like, he went from, like, getting 14 double-digit sacks to, like, three and a half. Jerry Hughes went down. Darius went down. And I was like, how the hell did this happen? And, and, I, th- and I thought, like, the players were getting a little bit of a bum rap while people were trying to stick up for Rex, especially in the media. And I think it was because, hey, he's there. Just, he's going to be there in their minds long-term while these guys might be out soon. But like it, it was, I had, it, it drove me when, you know, and, and part of my blogging, like why I did it was like, I love the bills. I liked writing about them, but it became so like, I could not handle another like Charlie Brown moment of like, you know, like getting the field goal kicked, you know, getting the football removed from, you know, Charlie Brown kicking or whatever that, that saying is, I was just like, this sucks. And like I was, and that honestly put me away because it was such a, it was such a trying year that that year was, and it was like, you know, I, I thought like a lot of the players got like bum rap, and it it was like right in their face. It was like it's the fucking coach. He's not. I like I did not buy into Rex. Like I bought into him, but like right after like that New England game when like Brady dropped like fifty on them, and then there was a couple other games when like the defense was like I was like I was out, and like he he's just a blowhard, and that. 
that all he is, and he's not very. You're right. He's not very good on ESPN. He got humbled at the end of his tenure too. It, the, the last couple of games, the Bills were getting smacked around. You could just his cocky, arrogant tone in his press conferences completely changed. He was resigned to the fact he knew his day his days were numbered, and deservedly so, man. He's just a shitty coach. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a shitty coach. I mean, that's why. I mean, right now, I you know, I I always have had this. I'm gonna be somewhat fair to him. I mean, we are fair to him. He sucked. Fuck him. But I'm gonna say this. I always felt, and they were always these stories that he was very lazy behind the scenes. He had like a, a thirty like assistant coaches, and like he was leaving the, the 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 stadium very early. I always felt he never could get over the Jets firing him, and like he this was like his rebound, and his heart was never fully in it. In compare, it's like it's like if you have like that long, if you have like a relationship for like years. And you and you get dumped, and then you're like you're looking for a rebound, but your heart's not really in it, and you're thinking of the other girl. That's Rex Ryan, in my opinion, because he I always will remember he didn't he did an HBO Real Sports interview right before the first season, and like he was in tears, lit, crying about the Jets firing him after he got the job in Buffalo. I was like, why is this guy crying? Like, so what? They they and they should have fired him. He went five straight years without like making the playoffs, and they were. Like that, that that never happened. I don't think before where a coach had five years in a row that they missed the playoffs, and he could and he was crying about that. And I was like, "What the hell's wrong with you, dude? Like, we give you 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 come to Buffalo, they're paying you a jillion dollars. You had this loaded team, and you and you're crying about being fired from the fucking Jets when you kind of deserved it. I felt like he never got over that, and his heart wasn't in it, and he sucked too. But like, I feel like that's like the narrative about him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's talk some current bills. So you were on the show last week, and I remember two focal points. Now, look, I'm I am gonna pat myself on the back here. I'm also I'm not a, I'm gonna pat myself on the back because I'm not above calling myself out and making fun of my own self when I say or tweet something stupid, which I did 
last week. In fact, on Monday night, I, I, I messed around on Twitter and, and called myself out. After the, the Rams traded, or not traded, after they signed Odell Beckham, I said, yo, this Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Rams, a- NFC Championship is going to be lit. And then the Tampa goes out and they lose to Washington, and the Rams get the shit kicked out of them on Monday night. I called my, I made, I retweeted myself and made fun of myself. But anyway, there were two takes that I did have that I think I hit on. And one of them was involving Stephon Diggs, that he needs to be more of a focal point rather than feeling like a complimentary piece. And before, I know there's going to be stats and numbers that are going to show his, his production is very similar to last year. I don't care what those numbers say, but that's number one. And then number two, and we'll talk about this in a, a little bit down the road here, uh, the New England Patriots. I'm, I'm telling you, they deserve to be considered in the mix for the AFC East. And at this point, after what they did to Cleveland, Baker Mayfield or not, Nick Chubb or not, if you're not even, if you're completely disregarding the, the New England Patriots from the AFC East right now, you're being foolish. It's amateur hour. Don't do it. We'll get, we'll get to that in a second, though. Stephon Diggs. Eight catches, 162 yards, and a touchdown. Again, I've looked at the numbers, and I know you've put some on. I know Sal Capaccio had a bunch of stats, and I've we read them all. We talked about this. We talked I, about the Diggs factor. I, I, I've read it all, okay? I know the numbers look similar to last year. Aaron Quinn's there's wrong. Been, there's, too, there's too many times this season, to me, where it, he wasn't a focal point of the offense. The numbers might add up to what they were last year, but at critical points, when it matters most, I feel like they weren't going to him enough. Sunday was a perfect example of what I'm talking about, why he needs to be a focal point. The Bills were up 10-0, or 10-3, I should say. They they started out like they were going to blow the Jets out of the building. Then they stalled. Deion Dawkins had a holding call, and that really kind of set the offense back for a couple drives. Um, the Jets started to get a little momentum, and I was like, man, what you can't do is let a shitty team hang around like this. It was close to half, 10-3 Buffalo. Josh Allen drops back. 57-yard pass to Stefan Diggs, who made a hell of a catch. I mean, it wasn't like he was wide open either. It was a great throw, a great catch. They went to their money guy. Then near uh, the end zone, they went to Diggs again. He caught the ball, did a dance. Turns out he wasn't in bounds. Very next play, they go right back to him. Point being is they're like, this is our guy. I don't care if you know we're going to him or not. Sometimes you just got to go to your money guy no matter what. Diggs scores. Bills go up 17-3 to three at the half. They come back out. Here's another big play. They score another touchdown. It's, it's, now it's 24-3, and bam, ball game. That's the Stephon Diggs I want to see. I don't care what the season totals look like compared to last year. He needs to be a focal point in this offense going forward more than he has been leading up to this game anyway, this season, I think. Uh, yeah. What do you think? You, I agree completely with you. I mean, we talked about this last week on the podcast. I tweeted out, like, yeah, the the – if you put his numbers lined up to, in comparison to last year, they're kind of similar, like at this pace, but it, it does add up. Like, I think yeah, that's like going into this game, I think he was like 100 yards behind, like what he was last year at this time, and like maybe like 10 catches plus, which, yeah, you could put those on pace, but like he wasn't the focal point. Look, at this point, he only had, he had up until this, this game, he had one 100 yard game at this juncture. That was it. He was getting that like 60 to 80 yards. It's like that's what he was doing. And last year, he he was he had 150 catches basically or not 150 catches he had 130 catches and he was on pace this year for like 90 which sounds great i mean the stats say like look they they weren't involving him enough he was being used okay but it should be greater and he is look he is outside of Josh Allen the best offensive player on the team 
Okay, it's it's by, not far, even up to, by, by far. far. It's not even up to the debate. And like once they got him involved and they started throwing deep, and that's where I think they missed him a little bit was they weren't into this game. They weren't throwing to him deep, and I think that's what we saw a lot of that today or on, on today <laughs> against the Jets. Like I was they were, say, that was like four days ago, three days ago. Yeah, yeah like man. time flies. Yeah, but like that to me is what they. Uh, they did that. That was different than anything. Like they just were like using him in big play situations, not just like small things. And you could just look at the yards, the yards per catch and they like do the math. And that shows you how much different it was. I mean, it doesn't take a genius or a stat maven to know that, but yeah, look, I think when he's going, the offense is going and uh, like, he is the guy that he's a difference baker, you know, no offense to Cole Beasley. I know I make fun of him, for obvious reasons, but he is not a game breaker. Emmanuel Sanders is not a game breaker. They're nice role guys who will get you those like eight to 10 yard completions. Diggs is a guy who is going to take it to, he is, he is your game breaker. That's what he is. That's what he's supposed to be. And that's, and I think that they, they need to incorporate him a lot more in just better situational usage at the end. Of the yeah. Day. Cole Beasley came in into the Jets game leading the team in receptions, and was really close. I don't know exactly what it was because Diggs had 13 targets on Sunday, but it was really close in targets. I, I can't really explain it, how stats get add up. To use a, a baseball term I like to use, A-Rod, for when he played with the Yankees, he would always end up with good numbers for the year, but it always felt like a lot of his stats were empty. Like he would constantly get a home run and a 9-1 victory or an 8-2 loss. Like, but when the game when it was a 5-3 game, when it was a 3-2 game in the eighth inning, you know what I mean? He had a lot of empty stats. I felt like this year, and look, Diggs has been good all year when he gets the football, but Josh Allen has spent a lot of this season finding the open guy, taking what the defense has given him, this and that. Sometimes you just got to go to your best player and say, look, man, beat your guy. I don't care what the situation is, and I'm going to. Stephon Diggs is that good. He He's not a complimentary piece. He's not a supporting actor. He's the lead actor. Well, not counting the quarterback, but amongst the receivers, the pass catchers, Stephon Diggs is your Denzel Washington. You know, these other guys are the, the supporting actors. They're the Michael Rappaports or whoever the hell's got a, a bit role in the movie. And that's nothing against Sanders or Beasley or Gabe Davis, who, by the way, three catches, hundred yards against the Jets had a, a nice game. But yeah, man, you gotta, Stephon Diggs needs to be a big part of the game, man. Plus, I mean, you are going to open up a lot of other shit, too. We saw that with Gabe Davis in the second half. I mean, the, mm. the Jets were desperately trying to stop Diggs with no success. But that opened shit up, man. Yeah, I mean, and that's why you, you want to get him involved. And I, I think that it was a very good year game for, for the wide receivers. I mean, Beasley really didn't do much. I, I don't know. Maybe you could you could spin it as, like, he's getting his his other guys open, too, or he's helping well, out. Joe, I'm glad you brought him up quickly here because Joe Biscali wrote about him on Monday. And expressing some concerns that these injuries are slowing him down. He says that um, in the second half of that game, Cole Beasley was out there looking slow. And yeah, I, I know. It, yard- it might be it might be wise to rest him for now because Gabe Davis got more snaps in the second half, and and obviously he made the most of it. Um, I've me- I've mentioned this before, maybe on this podcast, but I've had maybe, but I'll just reiterate it. I think Colby, I think that slot wide receiver in that prototypical like New England offense, which is what the Bills kind of run. The shelf life for that is not that bit very long because it's like the new to me it's like the new running back of like yeah, you take a lot of 30. shots man you take a lot of shots and you're getting and he's like a sore he's hurting 
he's gotten a lot of targets over his career. And I think, yeah, he might not be like I saw yards per pass. Uh, he tweeted out like he he's a film guy. He said that he thought he's slowing down a little bit from watching him. And, you know, some people disagree with him, but whatever. I, I happen to think he's a he's a smart dude. But, yeah, it, it, that could be the case. I mean, his numbers haven't been great this year, Cole Beasley. I mean, he's gotten a lot of catches, but they haven't been for a – like, he's not a burner, but he's been – his yardage has been way down. So I, I would definitely think about maybe resting him a little bit. And, and you know what? I think it's important. Like, you know, I'm not saying, like, this is a time of, time of year that you want to, like, help develop some guys. But Gabe Davis is, like – your future as of right now, number two. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what's going to happen next year. Obviously, like, you know, Sanders is a free agent. He could go and retire and say, I'm done with this. Yeah. Or, but you know what I mean? Like, get him, like, let's get the young guy, like, some reps. You know? And I, I, I think I, you'll see that. I yeah, think you'll see that for like, at least the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, for sure. He seems like he's he's doing his thing. But, yeah, the whole the whole offensive game plan Sunday, like, I felt like, they they use play action a lot. They had the threat of running. They they built up all this running stuff like, oh, we're going to run the football this week. And they really didn't like, you yeah. know, they were just it was the threat of it, which is fine. Like, I am down with play action, even if you're not going to run it, play action, the shit out of them. And um, but it was really to me about the vertical passing game and like going deep. They did that a bunch of times, getting digs involved. I'll just say this, too. I don't know if you're going to get to the running back situation or I'm no. over. Okay. I'm going to say this, and this is, I don't want to say this is a hot take, but like, I've been bitching about how like it's impossible to predict like the AFC. Like, every week you're like, this is the team to beat. And then next week they burn you. Predicting the running backs is, is that, is that. Because I, I saw way too much, like, I saw way too much love for Matt Breida for my liking. And I, I say this in a way of he, yes, he had two touchdowns, he played eight snaps. Like, how are you going to, like, politic for him to be, like, they need to go with him. I think right now the, the running back situation is not very good. And whether it's a combination of the run blocking or scheme, whatever, you, you stop wasting your time trying to be like, oh, it should be Devin Singletary. It should be Zach Moss. It should be Matt Breida. It should be OJ. It doesn't matter because they're, they just aren't a running football team. And every time you hitch your wagon to someone, the next week they suck. Like, and because they have adopted, in my opinion, the New England, like, running back philosophy, which over the years would be like Danny Woodhead, that Rex Buckhead guy, and Damian Lewis, and all these tr- these guys who you were, like, trying to pick up in fantasy, and then the next week they would, like, not play, and then the week after someone else would play, and then they come back. That's basically what they're doing right now, yeah. it feels like to me. Like, they're just, like, it's impossible. There is no... I don't get anyone stand, standing for any of the three running backs right now. I think it's like, I don't give a shit who's back there at this point. I, um, I, I, I agree with that. I think they're just going to rub with the hot hand. The only thing I will say is I do think Matt Breida should be active. Um, how much action he gets depends on who the opponent is and depends on who the hot hand is. Now with hot hands, Josh Allen, 21 and 28, 366, two touchdowns, one mistaken interception, played very, very well. What I found interesting is, Again, that game's long, you know, it's long gone now. It's over and done with. But uh, Tuesday, Vegas, I look at it every week for whatever reason. The MVP odds, because they change. I like to follow it. It's fun. And Josh Allen is now, once again, the Las Vegas betting favorite to win MVP. My first thought was like, really? Doesn't feel like an MVP to me. But then I look, and I'm looking around other people who are the other biggest candidates. And again, this is a week-to-week league, of course. Lamar Jackson was trash against Miami last week. 
Tom Brady played like shit, got beat by Washington. Kyler Murray literally didn't even play at all. I'm like, all right, Derrick Henry's out for the year. It it makes really good sense. Josh Allen for Patrick Mahomes is struggling this year, although he's starting to play better and look out for the Chiefs. More on that in a minute. But Josh Allen, it doesn't, again, you look at the stats, the numbers. Last year, this year, they're very, Sal Capaccio put a bunch of numbers out. I, I looked at him like, holy shit, man. His stats through nine games right now are almost identical to last year. Last year, we were all about Josh Allen MVP. This year, it doesn't really feel like Josh Allen is playing at an MVP level. He's playing at a very good level, but MVP? I don't know. But if it's not him, who else deserves to be the favorite right now? I, it is him. It's it's going to be a, a fun bar stool debate on who is going to be the MVP as of right yeah. now because it's, it's going to change lot. every week. I mean, it could be Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's an he's a weirdo now with the anti, the vaccine thing, but he's yeah, that's big, not happening. Yeah, but um, you know, it's funny with with the Rodgers because I I tweeted Allen's stats last week, like what he was like through eight games, and it was I haven't done it this week, but you said Sal did it, but like it was very similar last year. I think the difference is like he's they're throwing more this year than they did last year at this time. But, um, you know, sometimes it's weird. Like, I feel like when you're, like, the new kid on the block, you get a little bit more hoopla as an MVP. Like, I, you know what I mean? And, and then when you're, like, the new guy. Like, you know, Patrick Mahomes won the MVP in, in, what, his first year being the full guy. Same with Lamar Jackson. And I'm not saying they don't deserve that. Like, they do. But I think when, you're, when you come out of nowhere, it adds, like, that uh, MVP, you know, radiance, if you will. When you're When there's no... Like, who is right now, like, the new kid on the block who just came out of nowhere? Like, I don't think there really is one. Like, ju- like Justin Herbert, like, the guy from San Diego, what's his name? Um, Justin Herbert. Justin and Herbert, sorry. My LA apologies. Chargers. LA Chargers. Oh my I see God. it all the time. Yeah. yeah, like, he's been okay this year, but I, I, it's not been like he's he, – he hasn't been what Josh Allen was his second, you know, his – his coming out party year. Let me Same cut you Joe off. And let me cut, you, let me, let me cut you off real quick here and throw a couple stats at you. I'm looking at it now as you were talking. This year to last year, I'm not going to read them all, but attempts and completions are pretty close. Completion percentage, he's a point and a half lower than last year where he, when he completed 68% of his passes, which was a lot. He throw, He's throwing for, uh, let's see, yards per game, 287 last year, 289 this year. Kind of funny, by the way. I remember you used to have this big thing and no quarterback for the Bills was ever going to throw over 300 yards again. Now your boy's averaging close to 300. Um, touchdowns, identical to last year, 19. Interceptions at this point, five last year, six this year, so one more. His TD percentage is pretty much the same. INT percentage pretty much the same. Um, He's been sacked six less times this year. And in terms of rushing, he's actually run for... He ran for 241 last year at this time. He's up. He's got 322 right now. Um, five touchdowns rushing last year and only three this year. Total offense per game, 314 last year, 324 this year. So he's been statistically every bit as good this year yeah. than he was last year. I think, Maybe it's because it was more of a surprise last year and we were – because no, I remember – That's exactly what I said, yeah. Do you remember some of our conversations last year in preseason? It was more, is Josh Allen, does he deserve that? Is he going to get that big contract? Is he going to play his way and is he going to deserve that? That was the big question. Mm-hmm. This year was like, so last year was kind of a surprise. This year is more like we expect it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And call this like a loser mentality on my end. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I was thinking like, let's just say the Bills, hypothetically, let's just say they lose in the wild card. Let's just hope that doesn't happen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Um, 
I think the saving grace of the season, and I, I think the season would be a failure if they lost in the wild card, we'll just say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Would be that Josh Allen's the real deal. Like, he's not like Mark Rippin, like a one-year wonder. Like, he's definitely like the real deal. Like, you know what I mean? That they could build around for, for the next 10 years plus. Yeah, I agree. I, I, it's a good point. And, you know uh, what I mean? Like he's he's yeah. uh, and it's, it's it's so interesting that twenty what was it eighteen that twenty eighteen class like him and Lamar are like head and shoulders above everyone and that's like a fun bar stool debate like who who would you rather have Josh Allen Lamar Jackson blah 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 but like I don't know many people are gonna say Lamar but you you're right you do make a very fair point yeah they're both very similar like I think sure. depending on what you like I mean it's I think Lamar you know in Buffalo people like I don't know I've always felt like people were let me get to my point and then get back to Lamar. But like right now, Baker Mayfield looks like horrible right now. He's just like hurting. He doesn't have enough skill guys. Darnold's dead. Rosen. I don't even know where he is right now, but those two guys are, they're neck to neck right now when it comes to it. And Lamar's been, he had a bad game against Miami, but you can say, he, Hey, Josh had that bad game against Jacksonville too in the same week. But yeah. Lamar looks, I think he looks better this year than he did last year, and he's he's looking great, and he's just he's just playing out of his mind right now. Like, I mean, not out of his mind, but he's playing great. And I think it's a debate. Like, it's a fun debate. I know people on Bill's Twitter. I always feel, and I think you you have this this tendency, Pat. I'm going to call you out right now, dude. Oh, I God. think you watch too much ESPN. And no, I don't. No, you do. Hold on. You watch the morning shows. You watch Skip Bayless. You just said you watch Rex Ryan. You watch those shows, and you get not. and you get sick and tired of hearing them boost people up. And ESPN, I will admit, ESPN loves like people who you hate. You hate Cam Newton, and I think you part of the reason why you hate Cam Newton is because ESPN loves him. And I think they love like they love Lamar. They love people who get popular on TV, like the Patriot way. When like ESPN is like, oh, the Patriot way. Or this player, that people. I think it affects people like you, where you're like, I don't want to hear about this guy anymore. I hate him. Stop talking about him. I think it's a terrible take. I hate Cam Newton because I I don't even hate Cam Newton. I just think he's a shitty. Okay, but I'm talking about in he's general. Don't you? Don't football. you? Don't you? You've been hard on Dax, and I think you don't like Dax because that asshole Skip Bayless likes him. Like, I don't like it, the. I hate the Dallas Cowboys. That's it's it. Really but cool. you hate the Cowboys because they get a lot. All I'm just saying is you hate them when they get too much. Yeah. Over I don't the hate top Lamar love. Jackson. If 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 it wasn't Josh Allen, if okay. I'm not saying Lamar. To, I'm not saying Lamar Jackson. Bet, if I was going to go put down a bet right now on MVP, if it's not Josh Allen, I would bet money that it would be Lamar Jackson. And based on this season, not the you know Miami game was standing, he's deserving of being MVP. He's been as good as he was in 2019 when he won the MVP. So. Nah, I don't agree with that take. I think that's terrible. Well, no, okay. Well, hold on. I think. Well, look, I'm gonna say this. Like, you could say, no, I don't get influenced by ESPN. I don't know. Every other day, you're tweeting about what you saw on Wake Up or whatever those shows are. So I think you get influenced <laughs> by them. And if you don't, I definitely think Bills Mafia and all those fuckers they get influenced and they want love because they want the Bills 24 seven on television. And they're like, why is this guy on here? He shouldn't be on there. We should be the Bills channel. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com By design, as we get into our, our last segment here, by design, I have intentionally not talked about the Bills' defense to this point. And there's a reason for that. Because I think they're going so unnoticed, not so much in Buffalo. I mean, I know the numbers are out there and stuff like that, but we talk as, as whether it's podcasters or fans or people who are tweeting or Facebook or the water cooler, whatever it may be. It's Josh Allen, it's Josh Allen that Stefan Diggs needs to be a better part, a bigger part of the offense. The running backs are not fucking good. The offensive line's terrible. This, that, the other thing, this defense has been lights out pretty much all season long. This was another great effort by the defense. I mean, they what, four interceptions, five turnovers. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is the funny thing about this defense, Joe. For me, all right, personally, here is you talk about like when you and I'm not, look. I, I'm not saying this is even the best defense in Bills franchise history yet because there's still a half a season left. All right, I'm certainly not saying this is one of the more elite defenses in NFL history. Okay, but Here's what I'm saying. I was, I was talking to a buddy, and I realized this. I can't remember the last time an elite defense around this league ever was more because of the back seven um, than the front four, the pass rush. Most elite defenses throughout history, they have an unbelievable front four. Their pass rush is ferocious. And those are the guys that you remember. The 85 Bears with that defensive line. Uh, the 2000 Ravens. Uh, the Steel Curtains. Pittsburgh Steelers of the 70s with that defensive line. The Purple People Eaters in Minnesota. I keep going on and on and on and on. The Buffalo Bills are different, man. They're pretty good up front. They're decent up front. But they excel from the linebackers into the secondary. You know what I'm saying? Like, Tremaine Edmonds didn't play on Sunday, didn't need him. He's been very good this year. And I've been very, very hard on Tremaine Edmonds. He's been excellent. I think Matt Milano is playing at a level as good as any linebacker in the NFL. And then you got a secondary, man. Trey White is already a pro bowler. He's already known as one of the best corners in the NFL. He's proven it. Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, without question to me at this point, is the best safety tandem in the NFL. And then you got Levi Wallace. He's the weak link. But you know why he's the weak link? Because of the guys I just said. That's literally the only reason. Levi Wallace. John Davis of the offensive line. Yes. Yeah, that's a good, I like that. That's a good comparison, Joe. I do like that. He is a, he's a very good cornerback. I used to just think he was okay. He was acceptable. I remember many conversations with Aaron Quinn, and I'm going to give Aaron some credit because he's been big on Levi for a while now. He's big on everyone, but yeah. I, 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 I just think he's been adequate, or that's what I said. He was adequate. He's okay. He's decent. He's not going to kill you. Dude, he's playing freaking good football right now. He's only the weak link because this entire secondary is literally, we say the word elite all the time, and I think it gets thrown around way too much. But this this secondary is elite. It's elite. What do you think I'm going to counter with that? 
You know me a lot. What do you think I'm going to say to that? I think you're going to agree because I'm 100% right. But am I going to say, yeah, I'm, there's going to be a but? What do you think but that what? but's going to be? They haven't played. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, let me, let exactly. Me Thank you. You're, Joe, you're it's crushing, not their fault. They you're crushing they Mike who, White or some asshole. They, they can't control who's on the schedule. Well, there's a lot of Mike Whites left to come, too. It's and not that's their the thing. Fault. That, to me, is the, the effing. That, to me, is a little bit of the problem. And I. I know I I, th- I agree with everything you said. They are playing at an elite level, but th- there's two games this year that they played against offenses that I like: the Chiefs, the Titans. One game, good, great. The other game, not great. Only game all year they didn't play well for the defense. Yes, and but they but you have to look at who have they played. They played Tyler Heineke. They played Ben Roethlisberger. They played all these, and I get what you're saying. You can't control the schedule. You can't. Okay, but like you are eventually going to play against Lamar Jackson, the people we just talked about. Like Lamar Jackson, you're gonna play Mahomes again. I, I, it, I, I'm sorry, America, but I am a big proponent of. I have to see what you do against elite offenses, teams, whatever, before I can all of a sudden just you know take out the anointing oil and go, you are the greatest thing since sliced bread. And in two weeks... <laughs> I didn't say I, that. Well, no, me, me I'm talking about. I know you're, look, you're pretty old. Like, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying for me, you run all those stats, they look great. They're go, they're they're going to finish in the top 10 in defense easily. You're, okay. You're, I, think, I, th- I think you're missing the point that I was making, though. The point that I was making is, this is a very rare. If all right, you don't want to call him elite, don't call him elite. You're you're certainly going to call him a very good. Is this defense. one of the, you're saying like they're a very balanced defense? There's not many holes. I'm saying I am saying that it is very rare for a defense that's dominant, and statistically, the Bills have been dominant on defense. It's very rare where if there is a weakness in, in your defense, it's the pass rush. The Bills' pass rush has just been yeah, been all right, but their back seven is what's making this defense elite, very good, whatever you want to call it. The, the front four is pretty good. That Oliver's starting to play really good, by the way. But it's the back it's the back seven of this defense. And again, all those classic, iconic defenses I mentioned, they that, that was because of their linebackers and, and, and their defensive line, the pass rush. The Bills are the opposite. It's defending the pass. It's, it's covering guys in space. It's making tackles. It's making big plays on defense with your back seven. That's what's separating the Bills to me. That's what's... Not separating, but that's what's making the Bills' defense unique compared to a lot of these other great defenses that I mentioned. Okay. I mean, that's that's fair game. I mean, the back seven is very good. I I will admit that. It's All right, let me ask you this, Joe. The 85 Bears, you know, many people regard them as the best defense ever. When you think of the 85 Bears' defense, I promise you, you're thinking of Richard Dent. You're thinking of Dan Hampton, Steve McMichael. Mike Singletary. Um, Mike Singletary, Otis Wilson. All, you know, those are linebackers. But I'm saying... Who was in that secondary? Steve right? Michael McMichael. Though. That's my the point. They're not yeah. even the, they're because it didn't matter. It didn't even matter. Sure. I mean, even the 2000 Ravens, you don't really think about like oh. the secondary and they had a great, like, like Terrell yeah. Suggs. Yeah. Those are the yeah, guys. Look, the secondary has been great, but like they're, they're killing, they're killing scrubs. So I'm happy. Like, look, it looks fine. We'll see what happens. Like it's, it's one of those tough things where, I'm not going to go on Twitter and be like, well, you know, they haven't played anyone every day. I'm just going to be like, all right, I'll probably be that guy that when they when they go against the Bucks and they're like, oh, shit, like, like, 
this is their test, and if they squander that, because it's Brady, I know he's struggled the last couple of weeks. That's when I'll be a little bit like, oh, they're not as elite, and maybe I'll come in and, and do my shtick where I'm like, I knew that was going to happen, even though I never really said it on, on Twitter. But, like, yeah, look, they have a – uh, they have a lights out secondary like that that tw- 2000 going back to that 2017 they like lights out linebackers season. too they have yeah milano edmonds too. have been great aj klein comes in there he's good you know like you know they and then he was we bullied his, his ass last year how terrible he was but like yeah like they are they're really like that secondary is great and you want that like this is a passing league like you want like teron johnson he's been great like you know who, he's been awesome so yeah, they're doing great things, but I'm uh, I'm happy, but I'm uh, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for like the big guns to come here. Fair I'm point. That's that's where I'm at. Like I'm happy about it, it's but fair. like I'm waiting for the big guns. But you that's again, it. you only even going forward. This kind of goes back to what I said a half hour ago. You mentioned Tampa. Why why are you not mentioning the New England Patriots who they played twice? This team is pretty good. Matt Jones is having a really good rookie year. I told you this last week. The New England Patriots deserve to be in the conversation for this division. You know, everyone's talking about the number one seed and this and that in the AFC. You better worry about this division right now because the Bills are a half a game up and they played in New England Patriots twice. And last week it was about how much harder the Patriots schedule is. Okay, well, they just played a team, at least on paper, that was good, Cleveland, and they beat the living shit out of the Cleveland Browns. It's a good football team, man. Yeah, game, I definitely was a bit, I was December a hater 6th. last week about New England. I was a yeah. hater on here. That um, Monday night football game on December 6th to me is the biggest game of the season. I think it's more important than the Tampa game. I agree. Or any of the other games. I, I agree. Because they should win because there's only two more games. And who do they got? They got Atlanta this week. That should be a win. I mean, Atlanta's a disaster. Who do they have after Atlanta? Um, I'm gonna look it up right now. I know they played well, obviously they play the Bills way. So they play Atlanta on Thursday night, by the way, yeah. short week on the road. Um, then they got Tennessee at home, and then they're at Buffalo. Then they got a bye, which is a really late bye week, which might That's be advantageous. Damn late bye. Yeah, and, Jesus. And I, I actually, I'd rather have a late bye. I'm sure you would too. Sure. But anyway, not. so they're on a bye. Then they're at Indy, which is tough. And then they're playing at home against Buffalo. And then let, let's hope that they wrap, let's hope the Bills wrap up the division by uh, week 16. Like say the Bills going to New England and beat them and it's over. Because if it's not, the the two last two games for the Patriots is at home against Jacksonville and at Miami. It's so. gonna, it'll be interesting. Matt Jones, like, do you do you feel like I haven't? I don't have his stats in front of me. I think he's a I system feel, guy, and he doesn't stress the field really, right? He's just like dink and dunk, isn't he? He doesn't need part? to though. No, you're right. I agree. Why doesn't he need to? Like, that's why like, he's that the quarterback. Be... That's why he's the quarterback in Cam Newton because that's the way this offense is built. Two good tight ends, although John o. Smith was a healthy scratch mm-hmm. on Sunday. But they got Hunter Henry, decent receivers. They run the football well. They play defense. I guarantee Bill Belichick, McDaniels, they want a quarterback who's going to dump the ball off, keep the chains moving, not kill you with the turnovers. And if you're going to beat them, you're going to go on and beat them. They're not going to beat themselves. I think he's a great system quarterback. I'm not sure if Matt Jones went to, the, say, the Chicago Bears, for an example. I don't think Matt Jones would be having this kind of year. I think he's one of those guys who's very quickly getting overhyped, you know, and that could feed in very well for the Bills. You know, that Monday night game at home, Orchard Park, maybe that game's too big for Matt Jones. We'll find out soon enough. So it's not, but it's not, he's decent. It's the team and the coach and their proven track record that concerns me. And I said this last week, and I'll say it again. The Buffalo Bills are a better football team than the New England Patriots. 
Neither of us are suggesting that New England should win the division. All I said last week, and now I'm saying it even more emphatically this week, you better include the New England Patriots in any AFC East conversation until the Bills go out and they beat them. You know what I'm saying? You're a half a game back. Half a game back. And the Bills got a tough test this week. I, I think the Colts are a tough test, by the way. I think they're a good football team. If the Carson Wentz, play, if the, Carson the Wentz Colts, plays decent, they're a good team. The Colts worry me because they remind me a little bit about the Titans offense, where they have a really good balanced attack. And, like, look, I'm not saying Carson Wentz, like, I don't like, like I would not want to have Carson Wentz on my team, but he's serviceable if he's good. Like, he's yeah. serviceable. Like, you know, there's moments where, yeah, it's, it's he's a very easy punchline because he's the guy that, like, he saw. He played good in Buffalo a couple of years ago with I Philly. remember that game. I, That's, still, I remember I that. about that game still. The yeah. Eagles, like, had, like, 200 yards rushing and Josh Allen stunk. And I remember everyone tried to, like, not blame Josh Allen for that game. And they yep, were all, like, yep, blaming yep, Star Latule. Yeah. And I was like, but I digress. How about Star? Like getting COVID and like I I don't I don't even think he had like he got the shot like I I don't know man I I really don't I don't have a take on that I I, I'm I I don't know what to say other than he needs he's going to be needed this week they're playing the Colts Fred Taylor is a really good one did I what did I say Fred Taylor. Not Fred what? Taylor. What's his name, Mark? I got the wrong guy. Whatever. He's a Taylor. We know know that. He's yeah. one of the best running backs in the NFL is exactly what he is. And uh, they need a guy like Starlo Tutelay. I, I have no idea if, if he's back or when he's going to be back. I certainly hope it's coming soon because, um, yeah, I, I think tennis, I think the Indianapolis Colts are a good football team. Hey, look, really the Colts, I mean, how, the Colts made the playoffs last year. They almost, they, they gave the Bills a run for their money in the wild card game. A couple misses here and there with kicks. They, the Bills, the Colts could have won. I in like Rivers, Rivers at like his stage last year to Wentz this year. I don't think there's that big of a difference. No, there's not. Honest. And by the way, it's Jonathan Taylor, not Fred Taylor. Yeah, Fred what, Taylor that's, that's how old you are. He's playing for the Jags. Right. He was a part of the Rob Johnson deal, though. Do you know one other thing too about, about seedings and stuff? And I know I, I've heard you know you've had your takes many times on this show about this. Um, I tweeted on Tuesday about. The likeliness that the Tennessee Titans are, are going to win this conference in the regular season, I'm talking mm-hmm. about. And uh, they're going to end up in home field. And people are already in denial because, and look, it's a fair point. I mean, you, the, the Jags beat the Bills. Um, there's been a lot of craziness going around. The Ravens just got smacked. You know what I mean? There's um, Miami just beat. Who the hell did Miami just beat on Thursday night? It was the Ravens. Ravens, yeah, yes. It was the Ravens. So, I mean, there's so much weird shit going on that it is true, okay? You do never know. But here's the bottom line right now. Tennessee is 8-2. and two. They're a game up on the Bills, and they beat them in a in head-to-head. So they're essentially up two games. And you look at the rest of the Tennessee Titans schedule. They got Houston, not once, but twice. So they got Houston. Then they're at New England, which could be a loss. And then they're at a bye. Then they got Jacksonville at home. They're at Pittsburgh. They got Frisco at home. They got Miami at home. And then they're at Houston. The Tennessee Titans are going to win this conference. I It would be shocking if Tennessee doesn't end up the number one seed. Now, the the comeback, and this is a, a take I agree with a lot of people, well, who gives a shit? They'll get a bye in the first round, and they'll lose to either Kansas City or Baltimore in the divisional round anyway. So that could happen. I think it's very important that the Bills, if the number one seed's not attainable, and you care about home field in the playoffs, which you absolutely should, I know you don't care as much, but the Bills need, they should be gunning for the number, realistically, that number two seed could be important, because if Tennessee does lose to Kansas City or Baltimore, the Bills could host the AFC Championship game still. 
So you want me to say like I want? I, do you want me to say like I want them to to gun for that basically, or do you think it's not that you want me to say it's not that important? No, like, I, I'm just I, I'm, pointing I feel, out, I'm pointing out a fact that I just people don't like just, to read about or hear it. But Tennessee is going to be the number one seed. And I know a lot. I of mean, yeah, I mean they got they're what? Yeah, I mean it, it looks like that's the case. I mean, but like I've decided like I'm done predicting the AFC like yesterday. Like I'm just like I'm done like. The Teddies could be – they lost to the Jets, and I have no idea what they're going to do, like, going forward. But, yeah, it does seem like they're going to get the seed. I don't know they're if They're winning a be... lot of lucky games, too, ain't they? They're like, a lot of games yeah, they're are winning a lot of lucky – they're winning – yeah, and they don't have – they don't have Henry, and I'm like – I don't know. They, they're – they're they, we'll see. I, 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 My whole worry about getting that one seed is more about the bye than home field advantage. That's what I care about. I, I don't think it's as hard – to play in a different stadium as it used to be when we were younger. And I, and I, and I always had this worry that there's going to be a home game in Buffalo and it's going to be a fucking blizzard. Yeah. It's and a fair it's train be, of thought. And it's going to be like Josh Allen won't be able to throw in the elements. And then we're going to have to see who could run the ball better. And then that's when we're really screwed. Yeah. It's a fair point, Joe. It's a fair point to say, Hey, you know, the bills might be better off with this offense that they have playing at a Nash playing in Nashville in mid to late January or, or playing if crazy things happen in Indy in the dome or something like that, sure. then they are playing at home. Well, that's question. I'm, I'm going to let you go. I'm I've power ranked teams that I'd like to see the bills play least in the playoffs. And this is obviously down the road. Oh, I want to know what you think. All right. This is the order that I would like to play them going from least to most. And I'm not going to count Jacksonville and Houston and Miami. Those teams are fucking done. The team I want to play least in the playoffs right now is the Kansas City Chiefs. That's number one. I don't want to play them. They're starting to play better. They do have talent on defense. They've underachieved badly. Mahomes has made some horrible mistakes this year, but he played well on Sunday, and they have that championship pedigree. They've been there. I don't want to face Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey in a playoff game. Just don't want it. So they'd be number one. Number two is the Ravens. I don't want to play the Ravens. I'm... I'm not afraid of the Ravens. I'm not afraid of the Chiefs. I, I still would, this is, you know, I don't prefer to play them. Baltimore would be two. This might surprise some people. Indy, and we'll get a good look at them Sunday. Indy's a balanced team. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. And they got a good offensive line. And they got a decent defense. Then I would have Tennessee four. If Derrick Henry was playing, they would be number one. I Derrick Henry, even if his stats aren't good, the Bills respect him too much. And it changes, I think, their defense. I think they had too much respect for him, which set up a lot of the play-action passes that Ryan Tannehill completed. So without him, I got Tennessee, even though they're probably going to be the number one seed, they'd be all the way down to four. Then New England, five. Chargers, six. And then at seven, I got Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. I really don't give a shit. What about this? Anything on that list stand out to you? I would probably swap Ravens and Chiefs, maybe. But that's very close. I think part of it is like, the Ravens have played like Josh Allen has not done well against the Ravens the last two years, and Lamar Jackson. I guess you could say, hey, he didn't do well against the play against them in the playoffs last year, and he was solid in 2019 his MVP year. But I would I would kind of maybe put that there a little bit, but like I could change my mind tomorrow. Sure. If you want me out, like to give you a hot take on this, I would put LA in the top four. The Chargers worry me. Like, like I just, I know they haven't, they've been kind of struggling a little bit, but they have so much young talent there. And I feel like, you know, they almost played, they played well against the Bills last year in Buffalo. Like, you know, and like, you know, there were some, 
weird game mismanagement from 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 Lynn at the end of last year in that in that game. But like they play them pretty tough, and I you know I it's so early. Like again, it's a week to week league. It's bipolar, and I I sometimes think about like talent, and I see the Chargers have all this young talent, and that's what I think worries me. Like it's going to come through at some point where it's just going to. They've had a couple. They've had some a rough going like lately, but I think I always, if you're gonna bet, you're gonna put a gun to my head. I'm always gonna bet on the team that has a lot of young talent because to me that young talent hasn't peaked yet, and that talent can still peak. You know, whereas like the Chiefs, even though I do think the Chiefs are great, I don't think you could get better than Mahomes, Kelsey. They're there. Like you know what to expect from them. Whereas. There could be another level for the Chargers because they're so young and their key guys are young. They could go another level up. They could. And conversely, and, and I agree with everything you said about the Chargers on the young talent. I would say that of the teams I mentioned, they could be the team that surprises you and doesn't even end up making the playoffs. I mean, I think I think Tennessee, Baltimore, Kansas City, Buffalo, I'm pretty confident those are going to be your four division winners. I think New England is definitely going to be a wild card team. I think uh, then after that, you got the Colts in the mix. You got the Steelers in the mix. You got the Bengals in the mix. You got the Raiders in the mix. There's not a lot of room for error. Now, there's going to be a lot of teams in contention because it's so, there's so, teams that are so bad in the AFC, like Jacksonville and, and Houston and the Jets in Miami that are already done their shot. That leaves a lot of teams around that five and four, four and five mark that are very much in it. So, I mean, look, I wouldn't bet against the Chargers, but I, I'm not that confident in them. To your point, though, and I mean, the point you're trying to make is you wouldn't, you know, you would rank them higher about playing them because they do have the talent to beat you. And they certainly do. They certainly do. All right, boys and girls, that is going to do it for another episode. Very big thank you one more time. My man, Joe from Queens. Make sure you follow Joe on Twitter at Buffalo Wins. He's getting married soon, folks. <laughs> I'm going to be at that wedding. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I was going to say the next time you talk to Joe or hear from Joe on this show, he's going to be a married man. But you know what? That's not true. That's still not for another month. He'll probably be on at some point before that. But anyway, again, like I said, at Buffalo Wins on Twitter. Thank you very much, Joe. Guys, girls, if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, please go ahead and do that right now. Subscribe, rate, and review. It takes, I don't know, what, 10, 15 seconds to do. And it really, really, really helps me continue to grow this little podcast of mine. So make sure you do that. Follow me on Twitter, at Hammeran Tweets. I'm always on Twitter. Uh, podcast updates, promos, upcoming guests, polls, sports talk, music talk, all kinds of stuff. At Hammeran Tweets. Thank you very, very, very much for listening. I say it all the time, and I truly mean it. When you give up any part of your day, to press play and listen to this podcast regardless of who the guest is if there's any guests at all it means so much to me i promise you that it's very humbling and it does not go lost on me so thank you very very much have a good rest of the week and i'll be back with a brand new episode casual friday with my man joe yurden talk to you soon